Hi, everybody. This is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Today on Good Life Stories, we have Catherine Vescaputo. She is a yoga teacher and mom currently living in North Carolina. And I had her on to talk about what it's like to be a mom who is balancing being a stay-at-home mom with having a side hustle of her own and how she got to where she is today, as well as a really, really special practice of yoga that she has developed. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you about was right now, so like what came to mind this morning was, will you talk about your time with Advocare and how did you get started with Advocare and how did that go? That's such an interesting part of my life journey because it's something that I never thought I would do seriously. And so it was very humbling for me. Yeah getting into direct sales because it's funny now looking back because I did did direct sales before Advocare. I did Southern Living at Home, but for some reason, and I only did it for a couple of years, but for some reason that didn't have the same kind of (laughs) icky feeling or vibe to it that a nutrition company had, which is now looking back, it's really interesting. Like I didn't have any qualms about starting doing Southern Living at Home. It was just for fun. I was already working full time. I didn't have kids. And literally, I just said, you know, why not? You know, I didn't really think, like, I didn't even know the girl that was my sponsor, really. We met for the first time, like, through a friend. Yeah. So going into AdvoCare, I kind of had, and I don't know why, because I'd been in direct sales before, but I had a very kind of snarky, like, looked down upon I guess, nutrition. I don't know. It's really weird to look back on it. But I had a friend, Lois Gregory, who um, became very successful quickly. And I just saw her success. And she's someone that had been part of my life for years. Her husband, Larry, had been part of my life even longer. You know, we met in middle school. And so I just trusted them and just wanted to be a part of what they were doing. So it was such a different experience because um, it was almost like doing this with friends. And then I had another uh, friend also involved in it, um, Stephanie. And so it was just a different situation. I just kind of wanted to hop on that train and be a part of it because it was exciting. You know, uh, my friend Lois, she has one of those personalities, just makes everything exciting. And I just <laughs> couldn't help but just jump on. And so I did back nice. in 2013. So it's been almost 10 years ago, actually. Wow. And that's interesting, especially with the Southern Living and then yeah. switching to Advocare. You know, and I feel uh-huh. like there's so much, like what you were talking about, that weird kind of look down. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I am such a huge fan of network marketing because I feel like it offers such a beautiful opportunity to people who want to learn about running their own business, kind of get yeah. some sales skills. Like there's just so many things yes. you can learn. And, Absolutely. you know, but I also find that, you know, they have, they have a time limit. I mean, everything has a time limit. Um, but I know because I spent my time working with Arbon for a long time. Yes. And so uh-huh. such a, and I got into that because one of my, I, 
had the product for years. And then one of my friends decided to actually jump into the business side. And it was just perfect timing in my life that, you know, I was getting ready to have my second child and knew that I could make money doing that and wanted to be able to be at home. And so that was a really neat feature of it. Yes. Um, and I yes, think- but I agree. I agree about this, the, the season for me, it was definitely a season yeah. because I don't even know if you know this, but three years ago, back in 2019, AdvoCare changed their whole business structure and did away with the multi-level marketing aspect to it. Oh, so wow. I stopped it as a business in 2019. Yeah. Um, I still have customers who purchase product. So I yeah. make very, I mean, I make very little money, but yeah. Ryan still uses a couple of their products. So I still have my you know, distributorship. Yeah. And so I just kind of let it ride. But, um, and I still have a couple, actually a couple of customers back in Kansas city who still call me to order. So, um, (laughs) it keeps me connected to them, but you know, as of now, I do, I do not do AdvoCare as a business. Like I did going to the, you know, events and, you know, you touched on this, the whole learning aspect. I think I got more leadership education, I guess is the word from, a direct sales company that then I feel like I got in six years of higher education. Yeah. Oh, I can honestly totally. say that. Totally. Yeah. Leadership and personal growth. Yep. yep. So yeah, now I have a whole new respect for direct sales and people who build a business because it is truly based on your hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Really based on your hard work. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so I mean, when making it happen. You, so, cause I know that you've, you know, you've spent a lot of, you know, all of, kind of, I would say all of your life focused on being, healthy in the sense of that's always been something that's been interesting. To yeah. You. Yes. It has. Um, when did you become a yoga teacher? Like, was that during your time with AdvoCare? Was that when you were here yeah. in Washington? When, when did yeah. that happen? Well, I started in group fitness in 1998. Okay. So I started to teach group fitness classes while I was in college, but I didn't start teaching yoga until 2016. And so I've had a long... <laughs> history with group fitness. And it's funny, I, I did not go into my yoga teacher training wanting to teach. Right. And this is the, this is the story of Sabbath yoga and me becoming a teacher. How fun. I had an epiphany. Actually, it started back in 2012. So before AdvoCare, I had an epiphany to open a day spa called Sabbath. And it was based on a spa retreat that I go to in Bryson City, North Carolina. We discovered it in 2009 and it quickly became one of my favorite places to go. It was truly like a sanctuary place for me where I experienced peace and calm and God's presence. And I wanted to model something after that. And so I had this literally, I think I was driving from Kansas to Tennessee, just, you know, when your mind is watering, when you're driving down the interstate. And I had this epiphany to have this day spa that kind of is inspired by Lakeview at Fontana called Sabbath. So it started as a spa and I did nothing with it. You know, it was just kind of a dream. And then fast forward to 2016, I was at a church event and a couple of ladies were talking about how they just want more peace and rest and stillness in their lives. And they were like, you know, is there any yoga studios that are just really good for relaxation? And literally it was a lightning bolt hit me. (laughs) And I, it was like Sabbath, Sabbath is not a spa. It's a yoga studio. And so then my brain went into, okay, this is a yoga studio called Sabbath yoga. 
And it's going to have the atmosphere of a spa, yeah. very similar to Lake View at Fontana, my yeah. original, you know, inspiration, yeah. but it's, it's yoga. And so literally I went to one of my old yoga teachers in Kansas city. I'd only taken her classes a couple of times, but after a summer solstice outside event that she had at the Arboretum in Kansas city, I literally went up to her. She, I mean, she kind of remembered me from classes, but right. I went up to her and said, I have something that I want to talk to you about. Can I take you to lunch? And she said, sure, here's my number. And what's funny is when we finally went to lunch, she said, I never do this. Like, I didn't know what you wanted to talk about, but I get approached by so many different things uh, like direct sales. <laughs> and so usually I don't say yes, but for some reason, I just said yes to you. So we go to lunch. I say, I have this idea of opening a yoga studio. I have this vision. It's called Sabbath Yoga. And she looked at me and she said, if you want to get into the yoga business, the first step is to go through the 200 hour yoga teacher training. Right. You have to have the foundation. Right. And literally that summer, I mean, this was, this was the summer solstice. This was June. Right. She said, I'm starting a um, teacher training in August. Here are the dates. I was literally gone for half the dates. I was going to Vancouver already <laughs> with my family to visit my brother. I was going to North Carolina for a retreat with my mom. This was when my mom was still, yeah. even though she'd already been diagnosed with cancer, she was still traveling and getting around. So it right. was very important for me to spend time with her. I was like, I can't do it. She was like, let's just make it happen. And she's that type of personality, kind of like you, who just makes things happen. Even if someone's kind of hesitant or not that into it, you just say, this is the next step. This is what we're going to do. You know, we're yep. going to do this. And I'm so thankful because that I literally finished that training in November. We found out we were moving to Seattle in October oh my God. and we moved in January and I had a yoga teacher training under my belt that I could bring with me um, <laughs> to Seattle, which I needed it after figuring out how much, how expensive it was. Yeah. Um, so it was just such a God blessing totally. <laughs> that, that he gave me something I didn't know I needed. Yeah. However, that dream of a studio go, kind of looping back to that. Yeah. So I think I had the dream to, to become a teacher. Yeah. even though I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And the dream of opening a studio, I don't know. I don't know because now I sometimes feel like the dream might be better than the reality, mm. you know? Yeah. But I also believe, and actually um, I heard a sermon two weeks ago about this. It's like God's appointed time. And so maybe it's just not time yet for it. And I just need to be patient and wait for that appointed time. And it may be in my future. I don't know, but I'm super happy teaching yoga. That's what I do know. And I'm super happy with the way Sabbath yoga has evolved and come about and has touched some people along the way. So yeah. that's the story. Now, you did that at your church here. Yes, yes. Are you um, still doing Sabbath yoga now? Well, that's a great question. So <laughs> I started it in Kansas City at my church there. Yeah. Moved to Seattle, started it in Bellevue. Yeah. And then right before COVID hit, I actually started it at another location, a church in Redmond. And so um, I was kind of building some momentum about, you know, trying to branch out to different churches. And then, of course, COVID hit. I took it online. So I created a private Facebook group yeah. for really for my um, practitioners that came to Bell Prez yeah. who were actively coming just to give them something, you know, just yeah. like everything else. Especially just went online. The pandemic, yeah, something they could still yeah. hold on to. 
However, I picked up a few extras. You know, I picked up a few people from Tennessee and one girl I've never even met in person yeah. just from, you know, putting it out there on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, I charged people 20 bucks a month and, um, yeah. you know, did that until I stopped it this year. So I dissolved that group in January of 2022 yeah. after almost two years of doing it online because for me, my heart is with people yeah. and being, you know, and the having, space. yeah, the, yeah very being special in the same about space. a yoga space. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And so for me, my heart wasn't in it as much doing it in my daughter's room by myself mm-hmm. with no music, no people, no eyes to, you know, connect with. And so it's just different. Yeah, It's not bad. It's just, it's just completely different. It's, it's kind of like trying to train somebody to do public speaking via Zoom and then dropping them in front of 200 people. It just doesn't right. work. <laughs> right, right. You don't so get just, nervous sitting in your own room. <laughs> right, right. So it's just different. And so I just thought, you know, this is time. It's the beginning of a new year. Yeah. But, I, but, but God still is nudging me. And so I reached out um, to the church I joined in December here yeah. about creating Sabbath yoga. So I sent an email to the um, associate pastor. However, right now our church is, is still not doing Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of on the back burner. So it's one of those ministries that, you know, meeting in person, we're just, we're waiting till the time is right. However, I taught it once to my mom's group. Yeah. And actually I'm, lining up another day to do it for my mom's group this spring semester. So it's still alive. It's just sort of in hibernation right now, you know, just waiting for the next step. That's so exciting though. I love it. It's it's exciting. And I'm teaching six regular classes a week that aren't Sabbath yoga. So it's not like I'm not teaching yoga. I'm just not teaching the Sabbath yoga, which is the Christ centered. And I just, there's so much about that for me that is so special and so unique because I feel like there are so many people who need to find that kind of space in their lives, Mm. you know, a really quiet, you know, space where you're caring for your body and your mind and accessing your spiritual life at the same time, like really melding those three things together is so special. I totally agree. You know, creating that margin of space for people to experience rest, peace, and stillness in God's presence. You know, that's the mission of Sabbath yoga. And the vision is to be one of the most soul nurturing times of your week. So again, it's almost like incorporating prayer, Mm -hmm. devotion, Bible study, scripture, Mm -hmm. all into one margin of space on your mat to connect with your body, breath, mind, spirit. So, and it's so funny because I feel like that's the piece when you were, when you first, I mean, I will never forget sitting with you in Hoffman's Bakery in Redmond (laughs) and just, and it was kind of that same conversation. Like, Hey, I love meeting people, but you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Don't always do this. This is kind of cool. But like listening to the passion in your voice, especially talking about that, those four things, you know, ending with, you know, cause you got you know, your body, breath, your mind, that Mm -hmm. happens in most yoga classes, but that access to spirit and that really, that contemplative time where you are, where you're, I think of it as active prayer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a moving prayer. It's like a, it's a, yeah. yeah, And even, I mean, 
And I think, you know, people, even in my, I hate to call it secular, but it, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in my normal yoga classes, yeah. I still bring in that soul nurturing aspect. I yeah. just don't use the word God yeah. or Jesus or Christ, but people still feel it and yeah. they know they're connecting with something special. Yeah. They just don't really know what it is. Yeah. And so um, sometimes, sometimes but, I do but, and they come yeah, up to me. But for you, and, I, I love that you've created a space where you do get to add that. You know, yeah, you know. yeah, and be just completely open, and the music too. That that's the other piece that I really missed teaching mm -hmm. it online because I couldn't use music because Facebook would flag me because of right. copyright, right. and so I would just create playlists and I would send them out ahead of time, and people could you know just they play the play music it. in their own space. But I really, I personally missed the music because for me, music is such a huge part of my teaching practice, mm -hmm. whether it's Sabbath yoga using, you know, praise and worship music, or even, you know, in my regular classes, I love to incorporate just good music. And so yeah. I really missed that aspect too. So, so do you, I think you have a couple of classes up on Aloe Moves. Is that correct? Did you I do not. Me? Okay. So I, I wanted not. to ask you, so there's a website called Aloe Moves that has some a bunch of different providers on it. And yeah. I was just thinking that for you of the, you know, if you have a space that's good for recording that um, doing your Sabbath yoga there. Yeah. Just could be really interesting. Cause I was just trying to think how do, how do we get this to a bigger audience than just the people you can see personally? And it's interesting because in Seattle, I met a, a girl, a lady, yeah. a mom friend who came to um, our mom's group. She's actually a really big, has a big online presence uh, yeah. through YouTube. And I was talking to her about Sabbath and she said, honestly, there, there really isn't There's much no doing this. Christian <laughs> yoga, uh, you know, out yeah. there. Yeah. And so anyway, and so the guy, um, so, so I have a personal favorite. You can look him up. His name's Travis Elliott. Okay. That sounds familiar. If you look him up on YouTube, he's also got a bunch of other stuff. But for you, just as kind of an encouragement of how to lean into that space, because everybody thinks they have to have this perfect formal video and blah, blah, blah. The first video I watched of his that I probably did as a class at home was... Yeah a not great video of a yin yoga class that he was teaching at gold's gym. And, oh, wow. and literally like all you can kind of see in the video, like, I don't even know if you can see him in the video, you can hear his voice and hear the sound, but you can just see the poses people are doing. And so he was, right. you know, and listening to the cues of focusing on this, thinking about this. Um, <clears throat> but for you, if you're doing Sabbath yoga somewhere where people would be okay being recorded where, you know, from a distance kind of thing um, right? that you might just be able to set up a camera in a regular class and not have to have it be anything special because right. I connected with him because of his teaching style and his voice. Mm -hmm. Now he has like all these amazing videos, but literally like, I think you can still find that gold's gym version one online because it's still up on YouTube, but yeah, like I found him through a quite a not great recording. <laughs> Isn't that funny how, you know, it's such a great example of how everything big starts small Yeah, and how 
you know, and a lot of YouTubers will share like their original set and how it's so basic. And yeah. so it is, it's so important not to compare your beginning to someone else's middle. Right. You know? Right. And I, I was, know, yeah, and I was just thinking about like, I want access to your Sabbath yoga stuff and I'm not in North <laughs> Carolina. Uh, so like, I mean, you know, even say, just record one for me. Like you don't have to record it for anybody else. <laughs> But if you're bothering, you should probably just throw it up on YouTube as well. Uh, Oh, you know. So, yeah, I know the advice that my friends, she said, go big. And I didn't, you know, I did not follow her advice. I didn't go big. I just made a private Facebook, you know, group on face or, you know, on Facebook. And anyway, that's what felt right at the time. Like you were serving serving the people, you knew. like, that's the, that's the big, right. That was the point. Just And then it's like, well, I might as well just open this up since I'm doing it anyways. And I did, you know, pick up a few others, but anyway. Yeah. But I I think that'd be really fun. Like for you, for, if you wanted to just throw something up on YouTube, because I feel like YouTube is something that you can throw something up and see if people watch it. And, And if they don't, it's not sort of a, it's not high cost to you. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that's, I just, I love that idea of Sabbath yoga and how you can work, how you can work your faith into the places that people don't always expect. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So let's see, I think thinking kind of going back to the mom stuff for a minute, if you were thinking about kind of advice from when your kids were really little, and I know your kids are kind of like mine, they're pretty spread out. So you sort of had one little, and then you've had one little, um, yeah one little and one big. So there's complexities there as well. But like, if you were going to give advice to, you know, one of the most important lessons you feel like you've learned as a, as a parent, especially around this kind of having, you know, having a side hustle, having your own, own thing, like, what do you feel like that added to you being a parent? Like, how do you feel like that made you be a better parent? Well, I think your children need to see you be vulnerable because I think it's one thing to, you know, pray over or encourage your children to, to be brave and to work hard and to put themselves out there and to take chances. But the most important thing is for them to see you doing it. Yeah. And so for me, I try to be really open, especially with Rowan, since of course he's older, yeah. about being vulnerable and, you know, starting over here and having to reapply and become a teacher all over again and literally start again yeah. and how that's life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not the ability to start again and how to teach that to your children by being open. So they see you do it. Yeah. And, you know, and telling Rowan, Hey, I got a new class at the gym. We're starting it. You know, you're going to come with me and this is a brand new class for me. And I still get nervous. And I don't know, I think being vulnerable and not putting up this front, like you're perfect is something that I, I wish I would have done that earlier with yeah. Rowan because he has that perfectionistic tendency yeah. and it started showing up when he was in preschool. So it may just be ingrained in him because yeah. I have it too. But I think the more I can, and I, I incorporate prayer, you know, I'll, pr- I, you know, when I know I've sinned and I know I've messed up, you know, I'm very open and it, it ro- I invite Rowan to hear me pray. And I, so yeah. that's something I started to do a few years ago, just to be more open about my prayer life too. And how I'm not just alone here. I can talk to God at any time and I do, and I'll just start, you know, I, I pray um, aloud yeah. So they see me do that. Yeah. And I think that that's such a, such a key thing that I've, I've seen in you as a person and as a parent, you know, is that 
how do I, how do I show myself as being vulnerable, you know, without overexposing yourself in that sense, but just especially with your children being able to say, you know, I get nervous. I get mm-hmm. scared too. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, you know, just because you become a grown up doesn't mean you don't get scared anymore. Right. Or you don't have to start over. Or you don't, or you, don't you know over. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or you don't have to put yourself back out there. Yeah. So yeah, I think um that's that's advice yeah. I would give. I like that. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Catherine. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off with you. I I'm thank you for this time. It's so good to see you and and hear it's good voice. to see you too. It's just to hear your voice and know. And thank you for that story. I am so thrilled that I finally got to learn where Sabbath yoga came from because I, yeah. I didn't know that story and how fun all those pieces coming together that way. Yeah, it's, it's it, looking back, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And at the same time, I discovered that the spa that was my inspiration for the feeling of it. Um, I was reading a book called Sabbath, which has yeah. been one of my favorite books. It's by uh, Wayne, is it Wayne Mueller? Yeah. It's a great book about Sabbath. And um, so it just kind of all came together, but it's been, it's been years in the making, but you would love that book. Yeah, um, he right. talks about the Christian faith, but he also talks about how the concept of Sabbath really is in all different religions and mm-hmm. um, faiths and how important it is just yeah. to human beings. Yeah. That time of rest. Yes. And that's what we're missing. And that's why I can totally incorporate it into my normal yoga classes because people do not know how to rest and be still and just be quiet. And that's Um, what I, that's the kind of teacher I am. Yeah. Especially nowadays, you know, with all the electronics and everything else, you know, actually turning it all off and putting it away is a very precious time. You know, yes, and being able to have access to somebody like you in those moments is amazing. So I'm so glad you're still teaching. And I can't wait to hear about the next phase of Sabbath yoga when it yeah. starts. Stay tuned. Definitely. All right. Thank you again. Thank you, Tracy. And um, I just wish you the best with your podcast. I think it's beautiful that you're lifting up positive stories. Thanks. So well done. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Good Life Stories, creating connection. One story at a time.